Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Being a Fan of Disney podcast. I'm your host, Cody Havard. This episode features the full class discussion the spring 2022 students had about the best or the favorite MCU characters and MCU projects. For the characters, we started out with a bracket-style tournament with a total of 48 MCU characters to discuss and to vote on. And for the projects, this is the first time that we have included the Disney Plus projects. So there were a total of 32 projects that students discussed and voted on. Um, This was a lot of fun to have these discussions. I always love having these discussions. I hope you enjoy it. Please come along with us on our adventure. Going to vote on best MCU hero, best or favorite MCU hero, and best or favorite MCU movie. Now, on all of these votes, because we'll do one on the MCU hero and movie here, or project here, um, later we'll do one on uh, best Pixar, we'll do one on best Walt Disney World attraction, and then best overall movie. They're always called best or favorite. The reason they're called best or favorite is you decide. Whatever defi- I don't give a definition for why you like a certain character or what makes you like a character or what makes you like a certain movie. So it is up to your interpretation and you can try to persuade people with your interpretation, all right? So if you like a specific character because of their story arc, share that, all right? If you like a specific movie because of the theme that it has, share that. Someone else might like it because of the action sequences or because of the people that are in it. All right? It is up to you. It's your definition. Everyone got that? All right. Also, we start with the hero because there's more options. They typically go quicker on this, okay? So for the first few rounds, um, I'm going to call out and then we'll vote. If you have discussion on any of them, please stop me, okay? Just so I'm not asking for discussion every time. All right, we ready? If one comes up that we don't like, are we allowed to say why we don't like them? That's fine. Okay. And since there's so many, are we only voting for one? Well, it, at the end, yeah. It's so in it's, it's, the initial part. It's a bracket. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bracket. So at the end, yes, we are going, you are going to vote on the best or favorite MCU character for the spring of 2022, that's going to be the definitive word. Um, and then the best MCU project. I say project because now we have included uh, Disney Plus shows. This is the first time we'll include them in the discussion. Um, the last thing I will say is because we now have Disney Plus and we have the Disney Plus shows, it's all fair game, all right? So a character like Thor hasn't been, actually, you know what a character like Thor has been in? Disney Plus show. And I just gave myself the perfect segue because some people may call it a problem. I call it just cool. I collect like just little trinkets and stuff or tchotchkes. And look, this morning, you know the, have you ever seen like the uh, secret bags, the Lego bags that you can get? Yes. 
Okay. This morning I got Loki. And guess who came with Loki? A little frog. A little frog. So did anybody know that Chris Hemsworth is actually in the Loki series? Yes. Yes. Where is he? Yeah. So Marvel Comics had this really weird storyline of like where some of the Avengers were animals. Thor was a frog, so he's called Throg in this like alternate universe. So in Wanda, or I'm sorry, in Loki, as a uh, just as a like as a tree, as an Easter egg. When, he, when Loki is in the void in episode five and he's going down to the underground lair with the other Lokis um, and the camera's spanning down, yes, you see a frog in a jar and there's the frog in the jar and here's like a tiny, here's Mjolnir up here and he's jumping trying to get it. And that actually is Chris Hemsworth uh, voicing that, trying to, to jump after it. Um, so, anything, so like, a character who's in only movies, that's fine. But a character like Sam Wilson, who maybe um, you liked him as Falcon, but since he's now, he's labeled Captain America up here, um, maybe his story has progressed that much more. You like him that much more. Same thing with like Wanda Maximoff for Vision or anybody like that, okay? So anything is fair game. So, we good on the ground rules? All right, so quickly, the first round of people that didn't get buys, we have the 32-33 matchup. 32 is M'Baku, everybody remember M'Baku from Black Panther? Versus number 33, Meek. Um, everybody remember Meek? Accidentally gets stepped on by Korg, but he survives, you know. All right, so, Raise your hand for M'Baku. Raise your hand for Meek. Meek it is. There we go. All right, next we have 17, Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy versus 48, the lowest seed, Druid from the Eternals. Raise your hand for Druid. Almost got you. Raise your hand for Drax. There we go. Maybe that, that's a good strategy. Like if I want somebody to win, maybe I'll just try to change it up and then not allow people to revote. Number 24, Valkyrie versus number 41, Talos. Talos a little bit um, like a little bit hampered that he's only been in one project so far. He's coming, he's in upcoming projects, but uh, Valkyrie having a pretty, she's, she's had a short role, but a pretty impactful role as well. Raise your hand for Valkyrie. All right, Valkyrie it is. And then number 25, Okoye versus number 40, Mobius. Um, interestingly, uh, Mobius probably has more screen time than Okoye. Uh, raise your hand for, we'll switch it up, Mobius. Okoye, wait, 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 raise them high. We had some late people. 
Raise your hand for Okoye. I think Mobius won that one. So, won by close by one vote. Alright, then we have number 29, Cersei from the Eternals versus number 36, Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy. Raise your hand for Cersei. Raise your hand for Mantis. All right, Mantis it is. And then number 20, Shuri versus number 45, Kingo. Raise your hand for Shuri. Shuri will, Kingo is in the Eternals. All right, then, continue with the first round. Number 21, Kate Bishop versus number 44, the Ancient One. Raise your hand for Kate Bishop. Raise your hand for the Ancient One. Kate Bishop. And then 28, Makari from The Eternals versus number 37, Katie Chin from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Two newcomers. Uh, raise your hand for Katie. Okay. Katie it is. The character of Katie's having a good day. She, was, she even got an award. Alright. Then, number 31, Loki versus number 34, Wong. I will defend why Loki is placed so low. Because although seeing your best mid-credit scene, maybe you want to agree with this anyway, um, the fact that he, where he started out to where he ended, um, being included as a hero. So, Loki from numerous projects, uh, the Thor movies, Infinity War, Endgame from his own show, Wong from Doctor Strange, Infinity War, in game and then making an appearance in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Also doing some voiceover, both him and Tom Hiddleston did voiceover in the What If series. So raise your hand for Wong. Raise your hand for Loki. All right. Loki will move on. Then we have Gamora at 18 versus Nakia at 47. Nakia from Black Panther, Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy, and a few other movies. Raise your hand for Gamora. All right, Gamora will move on. Again, if you are passionately invested in someone, let me know so you can try to persuade people. Number 23, Captain America, Sam Wilson. So you'll see Captain America, Steve Rogers on here as well. Captain America, Steve Wilson, I'm sorry, Sam Wilson, at number 23 versus number 42, Fastos from the Eternals who um, famously built uh, a really cool steam engine and then built a plow because that's what it does, it plows. Uh, raise your hand for Captain America, Sam Wilson. Now I feel like I said a lot about Fastos for no reason. <laughs> and then 26, Yelena Belova 
versus number 39, Vision. Um, everybody, Yelena Belova from Made Her Appearance in Black Widow, then was included in uh, Hawkeye, Vision, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, Age of Ultron, Civil War, Infinity War, um, and then WandaVision. Raise your hand for Vision. Sticking with uh, who's been around longer. All right, and then Monica Rambo at number 30 versus number 35, Korg. Raise your hand for Monica Rambo. Raise your hand for Korg. Not a very good draw for Monica Rambo. Number 19, Star-Lord versus number 46, Red Guardian from Black Widow. Raise your hand for Red Guardian. Raise your hand for Star-Lord. Right. Number 22, War Machine versus number 43, Peggy Carter. Um, and if they continue along the what-if lines, be Captain Carter. So raise your hand for Peggy Carter. War Machine? Peggy Carter it is. And then the last of the first round, number 27, Shang-Chi versus number 38, Sylvie from Loki. Raise your hand for Sylvie. Raise your hand for Shang-Chi. I don't know, is it, is, like, do people like Sylvie? No? I like Sylvie. I do too. Like, I really like that character. Who, where are we on that? No, you don't like? Well, as a character, yeah, I like her. But I wouldn't say she's a hero based on how it ended. It's kind of, okay. we don't really know yet. All right, okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, I enjoyed her as a character. I thought she was, like, fun and witty, but at the, the decision she made at the end, I was like, mm, you made the wrong choice. And she let her hurt guide her in that choice, you know? And I, yeah. I didn't like that. Hey, but here's something interesting. You all just unanimously voted for Star-Lord, and he's the one who allowed the snap, right? He allowed his hurt to drive his decisions, uh, so what is it about Star-Lord then it's not about Sylvie? Is it the way that it, because Star-Lord's been in something else and because he's more funny? No, there's an entire timeline that's based on Star-Lord. Say it again. Thanos. Well, Doctor Strange allowed Star-Lord to punch Thanos. If that was an issue, he would have said something about it and we wouldn't have had that problem. But Doctor Strange saw that this was the only path to defeat Thanos and so he let that I think that fixes itself. Uh, yeah, I see where you're going. Sounds a little bit like revisionist history to me, but okay, <laughs> we'll allow it. Well, like, like, you see what I mean? Like everything, like now we can be like, ah, everything's fine because Doctor Strange like said there was only one. Did everybody see those memes after Endgame came out where it was like, it would be a meme of Doctor Strange like holding up his finger and he was really meaning like, no, wait, like I got to tell you something or like, um, he was trying to point up in the sky, like somebody's in the sky that like, oh, it, my favorite one was uh, when he does it and their interpretation was, 
no, wait, don't do that because Captain Marvel's coming and she's gonna help us all. Like, <laughs> I, I actually sat down and thought about why people don't like Star Wars, like after the punch, because it feels like it was sort of this very contrasting thing to avoid the movies that kind of showed up. And one of the things that I kind of noticed is that early on in the film in Infinity War, he's the only character out of the entire cast that's willing to make the sacrifice. He just doesn't get the chance to do it. So it's almost like he's doubly hurt. I don't know about Sylvie, but I, I always kind of look back at that from a character narrative perspective. I mean, technically, Starlord was the only one willing to do it. It's just in that moment, he's human and he makes a mistake that technically costs us, you know, half the world in that case. So I think that it's not justifiable to say that Sylvia is a hated character just because they let her hurt do something. I think it's probably more what the writing probably did. That's a good point about Starlord. That he, yeah, he was the, he was the one struggling throughout and was actually going to, to do it earlier in the movie. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think just the way that they're painted, like we have all this background on Star Lord, and he's like in the movie portrayed as like the hero, where in Loki, you, he Loki's portrayed as the hero and not Sylvie, and so you kind of have this kind of angst towards Sylvie, anyways, and yeah. then she makes that decision. So that made it a lot. Okay. Yeah, we do have like we see, we see the pain that Star Lord experienced, and the first. Guard, like that's the, one of the toughest scenes. Like I actually kind of sometimes tune out during that scene because it, it's like because the rest of the, sh the movie is just so like funny and everything. Um, and then we get one like basically ten second scene to show how hurt Sylvie is yeah. and why she's like kind of been on the run the whole time. All right, so second round. This includes the people that have first round buys. So number one. Captain America Steve Rogers <laughs> versus number 33, me. Raise your hand for me. Raise your hand for Captain America Steve Rogers. People care about their grades in this class. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I have to say that was a joke because I just talked about how it's an intimidating situation. <laughs> I'm joking. Number 17, Drax versus number 16, Ant-Man. Uh, two pretty funny characters. Any discussion? Raise your hand for Drax. Ant-Man? Right. Ant-Man moves on. And then next, from the ninth seed, the guy who allowed everything to happen because he only saw there was one option, Doctor Strange, <laughs> versus number 24, Valkyrie. Raise your hand for Valkyrie. Doctor Strange. All right. Do you think Doctor, did your opinion of Doctor Strange change because of Spider-Man No Way Home? Not change, but like you like him more now because he's been in a, a whole other movie. Okay. Number 40, Mobius versus number eight, Black Widow. Anybody raise your hand for Mobius? Okay, Black Widow. All right, Black Widow it is. All right, number four, Black Panther versus number 36, 
Mantis. Raise your hand for Mantis. Raise your hand for Black Panther. Right. And then we have. Wait, did the first round did I accidentally Kingo move on? No, he moved on. He did. Okay. Then we have Kingo at number forty-five versus number thirteen, Hawkeye Clint Barton. Raise your hand for Kingo. Raise your hand for Clint Barton. All right. And then Scarlet Witch at number 12 versus 21, Kate Bishop. Raise your hand for Scarlet Witch. All right. Does anybody know why we don't have we don't hear her name, Scarlet Witch, until her series? Which is one of the coolest scenes when Agatha Harkness says, that makes you the Scarlet Witch. Like that was an awesome, and then it ends. Does anybody know why we don't hear it until then? Disney did not have the rights to use the name. They could use the character, but not the name. It was one of those weird, just one of those weird aspects of the Fox Disney deal that Fox and Disney could both use Quicksilver or Pietro and Wanda Maximoff. Um, that's why you have. That's what led to Pietro, because you had Evan Peters playing Quicksilver in the X Men movies. They do mention a little, or they mention, I think a little sister, not a twin, but they mention a sister of his. Um, but then in um, the MCU, you had, you didn't call them by their superhero names, you had Pietro and you had Wanda Maximoff. Um, once the Fox deal was done, they had access to it, yes, they found a really awesome way to work in the fact that she is called Scarlet Witch. So then, number 37, Katie Chen versus number five, Thor. Raise your hand for Katie. Thor? Thor typically goes far. Oops. Okay. To the other side of the bracket. We have number two, Captain Marvel. If you have issues with the seating, it's all on me. Number two, Captain Marvel versus number 31, Loki. Raise your hand for Captain Marvel. Raise your hand for Loki. I've got a question. Yes. I support Loki um, between the two characters, but just based on like his series, does that make him a hero? I would argue he became a hero in Infinity War, albeit a selfish hero. But then again, I would say... Can he just be a main character or a person? Uh, yeah, I mean, you could think of him as a main character and a main person. Yeah, um, and really, when I originally made this, I did include him because he's such a popular character um, and seated him so low, but I would say... If you look at his character arc, he is, I think, like, he's a very representative character for people in general. Because people in general do things that are very selfish and very vain. Like, that's basically who we are. And then from time to, but we also like to think that we help out people and we do help out people sometimes, but then also we do things 
that hurt people either um, on accident or sometimes people do it on purpose because they're angry or upset, they're vain, those type of things. And then seeing where he ends up in Infinity War and then where he ends up in Loki, like kind of, the real cool thing about Loki is we almost saw like two trajectory, two arcs. We see this arc where he ends up like he dies, which you could be, which you could consider a hero in Infinity War. And then we go back to Loki, where he's like a really, he's the same Loki from the Avengers. And then by the end of it, he's a much more understanding character, much more sympathetic character. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I see your point. Isn't that just the difference between a hero and a human, though? Because a hero doesn't, shouldn't be selfish, shouldn't be focused on themselves, you should be focused on, I guess, the general populace. I'm fine with him on the list. I'm not I like him. I, I think he would. I think he would. No, it's a good point. I think he would be considered. He's an anti-hero. Much the same way that I, I kind of think uh, Clint Barton's an anti-hero also. Remember, like his whole series is about like how he's ashamed and he doesn't want attention. And you, on the surface, you kind of think he doesn't want attention just because he's always in the background of like the Avengers. But he doesn't want attention because he's ashamed of what he did. In the during the five years, so there are a lot of anti-heroes on here as well. Um, so, number eighteen, Gamora, versus number fifteen, the Wasp. Raise your hand for Gamora. Raise your hand for the Wasp. Gamora, it is. And then number ten, Rocket Raccoon, versus number twenty-three, Captain America, Sam Wilson. Raise your hand for Captain America, Sam Wilson. Raise your hand for Rocket. Rocket has become one of my favorite characters. Number 39, Vision, versus number seven, Hulk. This includes the Hulk from The Incredible Hulk. We can't exclude it. Uh, so it is the Mark Ruffalo Hulk um, along with the Name escapes me now. Edward. Yes, Ed Norton, Hulk. Raise your hand for Hulk. Raise your hand for Vision. All right, put them down. Raise your hand for Hulk. Raise them high. And Vision. Yeah, Vision. Okay, so Hulk's going to win. All right, then we have Iron Man at number three versus number 35, Korg. Raise your hand for Iron Man. All right. He started it all, right? He was part of something bigger that he didn't even know. Number 19, Star-Lord versus number 14, the Winter Soldier. He's still called the Winter Soldier because they didn't change his name at the end of the Disney Plus series, although it was rumored maybe they would, and it came out after the fact. They were going to change his name, but didn't want to take the attention off of Captain America. Raise your hand for Winter Soldier. Raise your hand for Star-Lord. Star-Lord it is. And then we have Groot at number 11. That's adult, baby, adolescent Groot, all of you. 
Groot at 11 versus number 43, Peggy Carter. Raise your hand for Groot. Um, Vin Diesel said for the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, he recorded that statement over a thousand times. Think about that for like monotony in, in your everyday work. This is about this next vote coming up. I'm sorry to literally everyone in here, but I absolutely despise Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I, I know that's a really big thing, but I mean, honestly, no way home kind of redeemed his character because he actually had something happen to him that makes him a good person. But in the first two Spider-Man movies, he's literally just a shadow of Iron Man. That's yep. all he is. Like, they literally just took Iron Man and made him, like, a tiny, like, 25-year-old guy. Who? Well, they even made him Iron Spider, right? They gave him, like, a Iron Man-type suit. Who's your favorite Spider-Man? Honestly, probably Tobey Maguire. Okay. Because he was the first, and that's just kind of a reference point? Or, actually, were you all... You all are a little young for the first Spider-Man trilogy, right? Like you, no? Okay. Well, I mean, like how old were you all when the first Spider-Man trilogy came out? 2003. Okay, so by the time like the third one came out, maybe you were watching some of them, I don't know. Um, okay, so um, what I think is interesting about Tom Holland's Spider-Man is you know, in the MCU, we didn't see an origin story. What we ended up getting was a three-movie origin story. Or actually, like, a three-and-a-half-movie origin story. And that movie, just really quickly, it is an extremely good movie. It is one of the top in the MCU, I think. And it made me extreme. I left that theater sad. Like, I left that theater really sad. Because I knew that was the accurate depiction of the character. But I miss the fact that like it was like this happy-go-lucky, no matter what happened, like they were making jokes and everything. Like that end, that last scene, or those last scenes, where especially the one where he walks in the apartment and you can see where like his state at that point. Like I left the theater really, really sad. And that was the sign that like this is yeah, that was a really good movie. Um, I really look forward to seeing. I would like to see them get back to like being friends with MJ and Ned and like things like that, but maybe we never will. So, 27, Shang-Chi versus number six, and this, this is the Tom Highland Spider-Man because he's the main one that exists in the MCU, versus number six, Spider-Man. So raise your hand for Shang-Chi. Raise your hand for Spider-Man. Was that a vote for Shang-Chi or was that a vote against Spider-Man. Mainly against Spider-Man. I, I mean, I really do like Shang-Chi, though. I think he's a really cool character. Shang-Chi is a really cool character. He's gonna be, I think he's gonna play a really, really important role, too. Because in, in the comics, the Ten Rings are, like, some of the most powerful stuff. All right, so then we are into the third round. Number one, Captain America, Steve Rogers, versus number 16, Ant-Man. Any discussion? Raise your hand for Ant-Man. Captain America, Steve Rogers. Then we have Doctor Strange at number nine versus number eight, Black Widow. Raise your hand for Black Widow. Raise your hand for Doctor Strange. 
Doctor Strange it is. Is this Doctor Strange from the MCU or Doctor Strange Supreme? It would be all of them. Be all of it. Let uh, I me, mean, you know, Supreme is the, like he's a variant created by the Ancient One. Um, number four, Black Widow versus number thirteen, Hawkeye. Clint Barton. Raise your hand for Black Panther. Sorry, raise your hand for Black Panther. Black Panther, it is. And then at the bottom of this bracket, number or this round, number twelve, Scarlet Witch versus number five, Thor. Raise your hand for Thor. Keep them up. Raise your hand for Scarlet Witch. Raise your hand for Scarlet Witch. Okay, Thor edges the route. Uh, all right, other side of the bracket, number 31, Loki versus number 18, Gamora. Raise your hand for Loki. Loki it is. Number 10, Rocket Raccoon versus number seven, Hulk. Raise your hand for Rocket Raccoon. Raise your hand for Hulk. Uh, it will be Hulk. And then number three, Iron Man versus number 19, Star-Lord. Raise your hand for Iron Man. Poor Star-Lord. <laughs> it's everything blamed on him today. Number 11, Groot versus number six, Spider-Man. Raise your hand for Groot. Okay, raise your hand for Spider-Man. All right. Then on to the quarterfinals. Number one, Captain America Steve Rogers versus number nine, Doctor Strange and his variants. Raise your hand for Doctor Strange. Raise your hand for Captain America Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers wins it. Do you think Steve Rogers is on the moon? That was the rumor. <laughs> he'll, he'll make his return at some point. Uh, I guess it depends how Chris Evans feels. <laughs> number four, Black Panther versus number five, Thor. Raise your hand for Black Panther. Raise your hand for Thor. Thor it is. And the other side of the bracket, we have number 31, the lowest seed, or I guess the highest seed. Loki versus number seven, Hulk. Raise your hand for Loki. Loki it is. Loki always goes far, but how, for this class, how has the series impacted your thoughts on Loki? A lot. Yeah. A lot? Okay. He always goes far because he's, he's kind of funny, he's that, but um, yeah, the, having your own series probably helps. Number three, Iron Man versus number six, I'm not going to say Iron Man Jr. <laughs> Spider-Man. Number six, Spider-Man versus number three, Iron Man. Raise your hand for Spider-Man. Raise your hand for Iron Man. I guess that's fitting. Iron Man it is. 
Now, so we have our final four. We have Steve Rogers, Thor, and Loki, Iron Man. So three of the original. Um, so it's kind of hard to see on here. But the first, Captain America, Steve Rogers at one versus Thor at five. Do we have any discussion? Any persuasion? Okay, so those are like my two favorite characters, and it's hard for me to choose between them. So if anybody has anything to say for either one, <laughs> to help. Anybody? Anybody? Captain America is the best hero of all time. <laughs> well, yeah, and Captain America at the end of Endgame, he ends up holding Mjolnir. You know, I mean, he's just as worthy as He just makes yeah. more obsolete, that's what she's saying. Poor Long redemption arc, and you could argue that that makes him a good hero because he goes through the roughest of times. Hmm. Both he and Cap lose pretty much everything. Cap is completely isolated in his time. He loves everyone he loves and has no connection to his family. And Thor loses everything in and of itself, including the only family he had left, which wasn't even really his family to get with. So both heroes have suffered quite a bit. I think, personally, I think this is a selfish answer as well, I relate the most to Cap in that when you let go of somebody you love, you can still see them and you can watch them degrade, that can be an impact. And it can be hard to still be a hero or be someone who is willing to help somebody out through that time. And Thor doesn't do that. Thor, like, becomes, you know, fearful. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like at a certain point, it's more of a test of metal than it's a test of who's willing to do good. And so I would say Cap. Good analysis. Thor's got this really interesting arc. Yeah. Vanity, he gets more forgiving, so he's kind of up here. And then all of a sudden, with Thanos, vanity strikes again because he wants Thanos to know it's him. And then, you know, the depression that follows that decision that he made. Um, all right. Raise your hand for Thor. Captain America. All right. Well, that was a lot of discussion. <laughs> All right, other side of the bracket. Loki at number 31 versus number three, Iron Man. Any discussion? Okay, I just have a question. I am not the biggest fan of Iron Man because I feel like he's so kind of like cocky and arrogant. Does anybody else have that opinion? Yes. Yes. I feel like very few people agree with me, but I've never really liked Iron Man all that much. <laughs> me either. And so, like, the people that do like Iron Man, what is your rebuttal to that? Like, what are his saving graces? The story. Yes. Yes, the story. <laughs> I think it probably is, because I think I felt that way initially, but I guess you see someone cocky and you see him become less cocky and, like, almost humbled into his heart that like you admire that that someone can step down from being up so high and being like okay like I, I messed up <laughs> and so I think that's what makes him such a likable character even though he's been you know an asshole <laughs> yeah. All right. Tony is the only other character in the series besides Cap to just constantly get back up I think that that's pretty interesting like every time that Tony gets hit down, he's not superhuman. He kind of just sort of resolves it with through like just sheer grit and a few mechanical things. So I think some people like the story he has because he's the most human of the Avengers, technically speaking. Though he is incredibly cocky, he is like it's really bad. 
Is Iron Man a hero or an anti-hero? You said anti-hero? Absolutely. Yeah. How many people think hero or anti-hero? I think he's a hero who pretends to be a hero because I feel like he has the desire to like want to do good, but he just doesn't know how to go about it. That's okay. how I see it. Do you think he's he's projecting at all? Like he he actually is a hero, but he's projecting like the cockiness and everything, or yeah, that'd be an interesting story to find <laughs> out after all this time, wouldn't it? Anybody have any other comments? Well, I was gonna go back to what you said. And you also, I think you have to remember where he came from. His dad is Howard Stark, and he's an actual genius. And so when you're a genius and you grow up rich, and you know, I feel like that's, that's just the personality trait of being cocky. And he's got a reason to be cocky and arrogant. To be fair, he does it a little to the extreme. Little, you know, and that's one of the other traits that I'm like, you know, get out of your own headspace and think of other people's perspectives. But for me, like, I grew up watching Iron Man. Like, he was the first. And my dad and I, it's kind of a bond, me and Iron Man. Like, that's what we've watched in my family. And so, and like, Iron Man, he has stuck through it. And I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. Is Iron Man 3 on your Christmas watch list? It's a Christmas movie. It happens at Christmas time. <laughs> Doesn't it? That's what I said, Iron Man 3. If, if, you're, if people are watching Die Hard, you can watch Iron Man 3. And now you can watch Hawkeye. That's, a, that's one reason I enjoyed Hawkeye so much, is because of where this is set. All right, any other comments? Anything about Loki? I feel like he's, this is all about, this is going to be a, a, a referendum on Iron Man. 31, raise your hand for Loki. Raise your hand for Iron Man. All right, now Iron Man moves on. And we have Civil War. <laughs> we have the hero versus the anti-hero, the two people who keep getting up. In the interest of preserving both characters, may I suggest that Stanley wins? <laughs> Stanley would win best. You know what? We should have had a best Stanley up. Uh, Sometimes we'll do that sometime because we're not going to finish this. So next time, here's here's my promise. Next time, um, and you can thank me for this now or later, <laughs> preferably now. But we will finish the movies, and then we can have a discussion about the best Stan Lee appearance, okay, or the best Stan Lee cameo up through Endgame. Um, if we're talking about up through Endgame, would the Deadpool appearance count? Or no, since it's not the MCU. Uh, well, hey, that's a good question. It's um, only in the Marvel Universe, so we could say that because it's also in a cinema setting, it could count. Well, we won't... Uh, I don't know if we'll, we won't have a vote like... We won't have, like, an Excel sheet. We'll just have a discussion about it. So you can bring up anything. Because uh, if you're doing that, bring up Fantastic Four, bring up X-Men, bring up everything that he's been in. Um, the caveat is... I will not, I don't remember all of the cameos he's made outside. I don't remember all the ones he's made in the MCU. I don't remember all the ones he's made outside of the MCU proper. But, yeah, that'll be a fun discussion to have. Um, and, you know, just kind of the, the significance of having Stan Lee cameo. Um, and it's a super interesting backstory. If you ever want to read more about Marvel and read about Stan Lee, 
and his relationship with Marvel and relationship with like Jack Kirby and everybody else, like it's an interesting story. How essentially Stan Lee became like what everybody sees as the face of Marvel, you know? All right, comments on Captain America, Steve Rogers, or Iron Man? Anybody want to persuade? not as well versed in like phase three I'm more versed in phase one so you know correct me if you think that I'm wrong I just think about like where they came from so like where Steve Rogers started out versus where Iron Man started out and I feel like Captain America he was given the gift because he was like humble you know and like someone saw like the good in him and thought that, that he could be trusted with his power where like, I, I mean, it, you know, it's already known that I'm not crazy about Iron Man. Um, but if you, like, think that the end of their story matters more, then please let me know. I just think, like, where they started out, Steve came further, maybe, I don't know, than Iron Man. Um, and also, I think my, I also am really interested in World War II history, so I think that also influences my opinion of Steve Rogers as well. But. Okay. And it was it, it was seen as very dangerous for the MCU to make a world war or to make a, a period piece. Okay. Like making a period piece using that genre, people thought, "How's this going to go?" And I, as far as origin stories, I think I like the first Avenger is the best origin story. Uh, I I basically agree with you. I I definitely agree that he has the best origin story. But like I. I started watching Marvel movies when Endgame came out because everybody was like talking about how good it was and I was like, I might as well start from the beginning. So my sister's boyfriend, who's a really big Marvel fan, actually had me watch Guardians of the Galaxy and then start from the beginning, which I'm glad that he did because I really did not like the first Iron Man movie. So if I had watched that first, I may have been less likely to continue with it. But from going, going from that to going from Captain America, it was like, way above, and I mean, I do like Captain America more as a character, this is more so an argument for, for those two movies, but same here, I'm really interested in World War II history, and I just, I loved Captain America from the very beginning, whereas Iron Man, like, I just never really liked him. Yeah. Well, you know, Hydra was, I mean, in the comics, Hydra is a stand-in for Nazi Germany, like, the Nazi regime. Uh, Captain America number one, the cover of Captain America number one shows him punching Adolf Hitler in the, the comics. Other comments? Comments? Yeah. So um, nobody likes Iron Man's comment that everything special about Steve Rogers came from a bottle. But what you were saying about his humility and humbleness, I would have to disagree with. Because I think someone took advantage of it. Um, so I someone took advantage of who? Captain America. Okay. I think they saw a weak little man who couldn't join the army and said, "Here, let's test a new drug on him." And so. You know what? That is an argument I don't know if I've ever heard. And it is a good argument. Well, it's like, well, if you're thinking about the military-industrial complex, <laughs> like, that's a really, really good argument. That exactly that way in the first adventure. It, there is Peggy Carter, who advocated for him, but the generals saw just a weak guy, yep. and so they just took advantage of him. Uh, so, right. I like Captain America. I prefer Iron Man, but... I think they're both valid characters. Okay. Barring the war politics of testing drugs on soldiers, uh, just for a moment, I what I like to do when I analyze characters is I strip the names away and look at what happens. Uh, we have 
Captain America, who's essentially this guy who's given the chance to go and become a hero, and you have Iron Man, who is kind of put in the situation where he has to save himself. That's the first initial point for both heroes. Iron Man then becomes this guy who slowly realizes he can use his power for good, and you see that change in his suit as it becomes less about protecting him and more about protecting others. And Captain America becomes more focused on how he can better himself and better the team around him. Because he himself has been given that ability, he has this humility. And so both of them have different strengths. One of the things that I like about Endgame is it really made a good contrast between the two when they finally pulled those two different characters into the spotlight. Iron Man is born with everything. Cap has nothing. Cap, at the end of the story, gets everything he actually wanted. It wasn't even that much. And the only thing that had to happen was Tony had to give up what he wanted in order for that to happen. And that is an important argument to make. I'm not saying that that's for Iron Man or Cap, because I don't really care who wins the vote. But I just like to do that when I'm thinking about characters, because when you look at both characters, technically Iron Man's not like any more of a hero than Steve Rogers, and vice versa. I think their character arcs just really have a, a natural complementary sort of nature to each other. That's a good point. It's a good argument. And here, how about this? I'm not saying this is how I feel, but Iron Man, if we're saying Iron Man starts off selfish, I guess we would do it down here. He starts <laughs> off selfish. He ends making the sacrifice, so he's up here. Does Captain America start out here, and he actually makes the selfish decision at the end? Because he's lived his whole life not doing what he wants for the betterment of everyone else, and so he could take care of everyone else and protect everyone else. But at the end, he does make the decision that is best for him. Is that considered selfish? Or is it kind of this, um, I think as a society we are more kind of open to and celebrating people making decisions that help themselves rather than like, I mean, look at uh, Simone Biles and what she did in the Olympics and like, the, you know, what came out of that and like the actual critical or important discussions of um, like well-being and mental health and everything. As a society, I think we kind of are at a point where we're, we're more willing to have those conversations now. But, I mean, do we see, like with Iron Man, did he start selfish in here? Captain America start here, but end down here. I think that what Cap does isn't selfish. I think that he puts himself last, and that's how he, he decides that I'm gonna be fighting this battle for the rest of my life, and I don't know how long that's gonna be. Maybe for once, I should choose to take care of myself. Maybe for once, I should choose to just go ahead and relax for a bit, because if you really think about it, Cap's fight didn't really end for well over 50 years, something like that, at least as far as we know, or at least 20 years to two decades, maybe even longer. And we don't know how long that he's been alive. I mean, at some point, I think he's probably like 150 something years old, 140 something years old. Somebody's done the math. I mean, at that point, once you've seen the world coming gone, sometimes I think it's just best to walk out, step out, and let the world keep rolling on. I mean, we don't know the impact he would have. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I asked the question if he made the selfish decision at the end. You can also argue he made a very unselfish decision because. He, passed, he saw a good person, and he passed that shield on to a good person. So because of, he, you could argue, he did something to help himself, which is, is generally good for people, um, and he allowed somebody else 
um, and Sam Wilson to take on the role of that and the responsibility of that. Um, also, if you watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you may have a different perspective that, well, he actually put the responsibility on Sam Wilson and, you know, we saw how much Sam Wilson struggled with that. I kind of almost see it as a win-win because I feel like somebody who's been given power and they're like, okay, I'm the only one that can fix this situation. I'm going to stick around and keep having this power. And then, like, you know, that kind of idea that I'm the only person that can do this job, I kind of feel like he overcame that and was like, no, we need someone else to do this job and I can have a happy ending too. Okay. And so I definitely see it with kind of Timo Valdo. Like he's done all this work and he finally gets his rest and his pleasure, like good for him, you know. Okay. All right, last comments. Let's put it to a vote. If, if this ends up like one person votes for one and everybody else votes for the other, <laughs> that's gonna be fun. Raise your hand for Captain America, Steve Rogers. Keep them up. Okay, raise your hand for Iron Man. Iron Man, it is. All right, so here's our MCU project vote. Remember last time we voted on the best hero or the favorite hero? Iron Man beat out Captain America at the end uh, for that. So now we finish up our section on the MCU with the best project. And over here on the left hand side of the screen, you'll see all of the projects that. I have included. Uh, so there's a total of 32 projects because I have included, this is the first semester, we will include all of the Disney Plus series, which also makes it interesting because now nobody, no movie or project gets a, a buy. So for these, we'll do similar to what we did with the character vote. Um, early on, if there's no discussion, um, I'll just kind of go through and we'll vote. If you have a discussion early on, something you want to say about a particular movie, um, raise your hand. So make sure you can get to say it. As we get further into the bracket, um, then we'll probably have a little bit more discussion on that. Okay? Sound good? All right, let's go ahead and get started then. The number one seed is Avengers Endgame, uh, the culminating story so far. Uh, to close out phase one, two, and three, or what's known as the Infinity Saga. So, number one, Avengers Endgame versus number 32, the, the lowest seed, or the highest seed. Uh, the Incredible Hulk. This is the 2008 movie um, that was released the same year, a few months after Iron Man. So, raise your hand for Avengers Endgame. Okay, Avengers Endgame. All right, next we have the 1617 matchup, Spider-Man Far From Home. So this is the movie immediately following Avengers Endgame versus actually the next movie that came out in the MCU, number 17, Black Widow. Raise your hand for, we'll change it up, Black Widow. Raise your hand for Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home, it is. And now we have number nine, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings versus number 24, Iron Man 3, which is a Christmas movie, if you remember. There are now new two Christmas projects in the MCU, Iron Man and Hawkeye. So, um, raise your hand for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Okay, keep them up. 
Raise your hand for Iron Man 3. Okay, Shang-Chi will win. Next we have number eight, the highest rated Disney Plus series. Again, if you have any issues with these, uh, I, they're my fault. Uh, number eight, WandaVision versus number 25, the Hawkeye series. Raise your hand for WandaVision. All right, WandaVision, it is. And then scrolling down, we have number four, the first Avengers movie with the Battle of New York uh, versus number 29, Iron Man 2. We'll change it up. Raise your hand for Iron Man 2. Raise your hand for the Avengers. All right. And then number 13, the first Iron Man movie that started it all off versus number 20, Avengers Age of Ultron. Raise your hand for the first Iron Man movie. Raise your hand for Avengers Age of Ultron. Okay. Avengers Age of Ultron. I gotta say, that's a little surprising given that Iron Man was the favorite or best character. What what is it about Age of Ultron? That that is that you all like? Ultron himself. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, going back to the MCU 2021 interview, you all said Ultron was the best villain, so. All right, is that it? Is there anything else? I didn't really like the first Iron Man movie, to be honest. Okay. <clears throat> if, side note, if you are interested <laughs> in learning more about Marvel Studios, uh, I actually just listened to a, I finished it yesterday, uh, a book called The Marvel Studios Story where it does a great job going from the beginning of Marvel and then getting into entertainment and getting into television, then into movies. Um, and they spend a pretty good amount of time talking about Iron Man. And there's, there's some really interesting things that went into Iron Man. You probably have heard how difficult it was to get the financing for Iron Man and how difficult it was in particular to get people on board with hiring um, Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man. Um, but there are some other stories in there that are pretty interesting as well. So Avengers Age of Ultron moves on. Next we have number 12, Captain America Civil War versus number 21, Doctor Strange. Raise your hand for Captain America Civil War. Okay, Civil War, we'll move on. Really felt like an Avengers movie, didn't it? Uh, then, the last on this side of the bracket, we have number five, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, versus number 28, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, I didn't realize I did that. Put the movie up against the series. Raise your hand for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. Raise your hand for Captain America, the Winter Soldier. All right. So Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson could take solace in the fact that they were actually, those characters were introduced in that movie, I guess. Um, number two, or I should say the Winter Soldier was introduced in that movie. On the other side, number two, Avengers Infinity War versus number 31, Thor the Dark World. Raise your hand for Avengers Infinity War. All right. 
Maybe I should just start filling out how I think you're gonna vote. And then if I say, if I make a mistake, everybody just yell, okay? Uh, number 15, Guardians of the Galaxy versus number 18, Spider-Man Homecoming, the first Spider-Man movie. Any discussion over this? I see some faces that are a little uneasy. Raise your hand for Spider-Man Homecoming. Guardians of the Galaxy? Okay. So I guess those faces of confusion were something else. Faces of, how could I be asking that question, maybe? Number 10, Loki, the series, versus number 23, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Raise your hand for Loki. Loki it is. And then number seven, Thor Ragnarok versus number 26, Ant-Man and the Wasp. We'll change it up. Raise your hand for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Raise your hand for Thor Ragnarok. Right, Thor Ragnarok moves on. <clears throat> then number three, Spider-Man No Way Home, the most recent movie to come out versus number 30, the What If animated series. Raise your hand for What If. Raise your hand for Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. Number 14, Captain America, the first Avenger versus number 19, Ant-Man. Raise your hand for Ant-Man. Okay, Captain America, the first Avenger. Captain America, the first Avenger. Is. Number 11, Captain Marvel versus number 22, Thor, two origin movies. Again, going at it. Raise your hand for Captain Marvel. Raise your hand for Thor. Thor it is. And then two more, the last two origin movies, the last two in the first round. Number six, Black Panther versus number 27, Eternals. Change it up. Raise your hand for Eternals. Raise your hand for Black Panther. Okay. I feel almost obligated to try to mention every movie, so sometimes that's why I try to vote for, ask for the, the vote first for certain movies. Now we move on to the second round. Oh, this is an interesting one. Number one, Avengers Endgame versus number 16, The Fallout, the first Fallout to Avengers Endgame. Number 16, Spider-Man Far From Home. Anybody have any discussion? Raise your hand for Endgame. All right. Then Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings at number eight versus, I mean at number nine, versus number eight, WandaVision. Anybody? Raise your hand for WandaVision. division beating out a movie. Raise your hand, or number four, Avengers versus number 20, Avengers Age of Ultron. So now let's put this theory to the test. Ultron seems like everybody's favorite villain in here versus Loki. Who's going to win out? Basically you're voting on Ultron and Loki, just letting you know. Other stuff too. Raise your hand for Avengers Age of Ultron. Raise your hand for Avengers. Age of Ultron, barely. 
That's very surprising. That movie, that movie, I guess, doesn't get the credit it deserves with a lot of people. Number 12, Captain America Civil War versus number five, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Two sequels going up against each other in the same franchise. Raise your hand for Civil War. Raise your hand for the Winter Soldier. Guess what? Civil War wins. That's another one that's kind of a little unexpected, especially them going head to head. Um, all right. On the other side, number two, Avengers Infinity War versus number 15, Guardians of the Galaxy. Raise your hand for Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. And then Infinity War. Infinity War. It is. Number 10, the Loki series versus number 7, Thor Ragnarok. Raise your hand for Loki. Thor Ragnarok? You know, it is hard to beat out the humor of Thor Ragnarok. It's one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time, not just MCU. Number 3, Spider-Man No Way Home versus number 14, Captain America The First Avenger. Raise your hand for Captain America The First Avenger. Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home it is. And then the last in this round, number 22, Thor versus number six, Black Panther. Two origin movies, although Black Panther had appeared before that. Now raise your hand for number six, Black Panther. Black Panther it is. All right, now we're getting down to quarterfinals. So the first matchup is number one, Avengers Endgame versus number eight, WandaVision, the Disney Plus series. The only Disney Plus series remaining, I think. Any discussion over this? Everybody knows where they want to go? Raise your hand for WandaVision. Raise your hand for Endgame. I guess everybody knew they at least didn't want to go down classic TV route. Avengers Endgame it is. And then number 20, Avengers Age of Ultron versus number 12, Captain America Civil War. Any comments? All right, raise your hand for Age of Ultron. Raise your hand for Captain America Civil War. All right. What is it about Civil War? Is it because all the at that point, pretty much every character was involved. It kicked off phase three. I mean, I really like the ending of it, to be honest with you. It's a good story. Yeah, it's a really, really good story, isn't it? Um, and ha has anybody ever read the Civil War comic series? Um, it, it, I think that the movie does a, the movie's more entertaining to me than reading the whole series of Civil War. Um, the movie, I think, the way that it ends, showing that, like, essentially, the comic series, or the crossover series, if you will, like, essentially at the end showed nobody comes out of this a winner, right? That's exactly what the movie did. When you look at what's happening to Tony Stark and uh, James Rhodes, and then also when you look at what happened to um, half of the Avengers having to essentially be the secret Avengers for the next four years until we see them in Infinity War. 
So, speaking of Infinity War, the next vote is number two, Avengers Infinity War, versus number seven, Thor Ragnarok. Raise your, or any, quest, any comments? Comedy versus the standoff of Thanos. Raise your hand for Avengers Infinity War. Infinity War it is. You know, it was rumored at one point, because they did, they treated Infinity War and Endgame as one big project. Does everybody know that? So they, they filmed scenes together. And it was rumored at one point they may actually, they thought about putting the snap at the beginning of Endgame, uh, which would have, I think, completely changed everything, right? Because that was the first time, like, I... I remember people saying how they left the theater after Infinity War and nobody talked. Nobody, like, it was just silence. And then you wait a year to see what happens. It made Endgame that much better um, waiting for it and having to, to figure out how it's going to end. And leading to all the theories, including the Ant-Man theory. If everybody remembers how Ant-Man, they said Ant-Man was going to defeat Thanos. Uh, number three, Spider-Man No Way Home versus number six, Black Panther. Any discussion? Raise your hand for Black Panther. Raise your hand for No Way Home. All right, so then we have our final four of, on one side, Avengers Infinity War versus Spider-Man No Way Home. On the other side, Avengers Endgame versus Captain America Civil War. So first... Let's vote on, let's discuss and vote on number one, Avengers Endgame versus number 12, Captain America Civil War. Any discussion? This is kind of about everything, but I mean, isn't it really funny how the final four are like basically just a bunch of different, like inside the movies is like a whole array of different people in them that everyone knows? Well, and so this is, it is interesting. And this is the third time I think I've done this bracket, like a bracket to where we talk about this. And this is pretty consistent with the other two classes. Like there might be a change here or there, but yeah, it's those big event movies that have a lot of people involved that um, seem to attract, attract the attention of, of this class and the classes in the past. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of that is because the more people you recognize, the more, you know, you're interested in seeing. And especially up until the Disney Plus series started coming out, if you were a really big fan of The Winter Soldier or a really big fan of Wanda, Vision, or uh, Sam Wilson, then you, you could, they didn't have an origin story, right? So you would see them in these big event stories. Um, and get a little bit of glimpse as to what their character arc would be. So, any comments on two movies? Question about Endgame. By that rule, does that make Endgame the best? Because it has all of them? I'm uh, just wondering. What makes Endgame the best is how many people raise their hand for it. That, yeah. like, like, I see where you're going, and it's a good point. Like, all of these movies... Avengers Infinity War was built up on all the other movies. Endgame 
culminated the 22 movies of the Infinity Saga. Civil War was this big mega event that like, I'm not sure people really knew what to expect going into it. And Spider-Man No Way Home is this big culmination and also a glimpse as to what could be coming in phase four, uh, in four, four or five. So, so I, I, like I say that jokingly that whoever went, but, but it, it's, it's up to all of you. But it, it's a good observation. Like, they all are built on all of these other movies. Um, which does get a little, maybe a little unfair to some of the origin movies, but that's just kind of the way it is. However, in previous classes, um, Captain America Civil War has, in one class it made it this far, in another it was the Winter Soldier. Um, because still a lot of people think the Winter Soldier was actually the best Marvel movie made today. At least before pre-2021. Anything else? Raise your hand for Captain America Civil War. All right. Raise your hand for Avengers Endgame. All right. Avengers Endgame moves on. And then on the other side of the other semifinal, we have number two, Avengers Infinity War, and number three, Spider-Man No Way Home. Any comments, any discussion? Anybody want to try to persuade people to vote one way or another? A culminating event that ended on a surprise, on a shocker, uh, and then versus a culminating event that, or I should just say, a, not a culminating, a big event that included a lot of really cool cameos. Anybody have anything to say? I mean, this is not so much like against Spider-Man as it just is for Infinity War, if that makes sense, just because I feel like that was, Infinity War was the first movie, although I loved so many of them, it was the first movie that just like genuinely surprised me in multiple ways. And also I always loved the Guardians of the Galaxy. So since that was the first movie where they came together with the Avengers, I. Loved it for that reason, too. Yeah. That scene where Thor meets Guardians of the Galaxy, that's one of the best scenes I've seen. Uh, where he says, uh, Nivadelir, that's a made-up word. All words are made up. That's just, that's awesome. Um, and then at the end where he says, I bid you farewell, morons. Anybody else? Let's... Raise your hands for Spider-Man No Way Home. All right, raise your hands for Infinity War. Okay. All right, so now we have the two culminating movies, ironic, or not ironically, but shot together. We have Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War. Um, what do we have to say about it? Really like the end of that. Um, okay. It set the stage for Endgame. 
So let me add, because a lot of people agree with that also. How many, raise your hand if you agree with like, you liked seeing just kind of the, uh, an alternate ending, if you will. Like the, the, the heroes don't always win. And it's a great lesson for like, you know, getting back up and all that stuff, right? Uh, on an individual level, do you think, the people who raise your hands, on an individual level, do you think you are a person who, when you watch a movie, any movie, you like to see, let's call it more of like the negative ending? Or do you like like that feel-good ending? And the twist came at the end. Mm -hmm. Like the major twist came at the end that, that you, you had to sit on that for a year and, and just digest that for a year. So to me, it's like, I really like the Rocky movies. And so like the end of Rocky one when Apollo wins, but he does a distance to me, the villain, I guess, kind of makes how great the hero is. Mm -hmm. And for me, Infinity War, I was like, all right, yeah, Thanos is definitely the best villain Norman's ever had um, to that point. Just because, not only one, but he's stretching their limits. Yeah. And obviously that's what makes their comeback in the in end game so great. So it kind of works both ways, but. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, for any movie, it really depends on how you set, uh, how you set the movie up. Like, for Infinity War, you had everything, like every previous movie has been continuing and building up to this moment. Like if you were to have a movie that was a self-contained movie, like one movie only and the villain win, unless the villain is set up to win, it doesn't work. So for Thanos and Infinity War, um, I think it was set up really well for him to win in every encounter with um, each character that he had and you know, everything like that, it made it a very well built up, so I think very well built up okay. into that movie. All right. I personally enjoy the thing that it's more. You do? Okay. Have you seen The Prestige? Um, it's maybe, but I think I get it confused with some with, with another similar movie. Magic, Smoking yeah. Mirrors, Tesla. Uh, very interesting movie that ends with not necessarily all of the characters dying, but no one really wins. Yeah. Civil War is my favorite part. Okay. You know, all of your heroes kind of broken. I enjoy that because this is this is fiction. This is in real life, so I don't I don't need the heroes to win. Yeah. For it to be a good story, um, Infinity War strips away what you know about Marvel. You expect Iron Man, Captain America, or the Hulk. Everybody's gonna beat bad guy in the end. But in this Hulk struggling, Cap's getting old, Iron Man wants to get married. Um, I mean, it's just, it strips away everything that you know about yeah. Marvel for two and a half hours. And then Spider-Man inserts himself in something that he regrets at the end. Right. Right? Uh, that, that a lot of people regret at the end. Tony Stark involved, included. 
Um, what about the so then? What about the argument of end game? You kind of expected that they, it was going to end with the heroes on top, right? Um, did anybody read the argument or hear the argument that in Infinity War, Thanos won because he never lost sight of his mission. And no matter what happened, he was sticking to his mission. He even says, like, this day has, uh, like, brought a lot of death, or this, this day has been very sad. Or, and then at the end when he does the snap and he has that, like, vision of uh, Gamora and she asks what, what it was worth, or what did it cost? And he said everything. Like he was willing to do whatever he needed to do. And then in Endgame, you see where he actually, in the, in the last battle, where he says he's going to take pleasure in ripping the like, planet to shreds or the last atom or whatever. Like then it became personal. So it no longer was that glorious purpose. If you go all the way back to Avengers and you go back to the look into the Loki series. He no longer had that purpose. It was about like him and what he wanted to happen. And he lost vision of everything else. Um, does anybody read that? Does anybody agree with that? Like that's, or what do you think about that? My dad's favorite character is Thanos. So okay. that is, uh, that's the difference between the term success that, that matches. Say, say that again. There's two different words there. Success and winning. Okay. Uh, I think in the end, the heroes win, but they may not have succeeded at their goal of saving everyone. Okay. Uh, but Thanos, he's successful. He takes away half the planet. Even if his work is undone, he still succeeded in his goal. Okay. All right. So even at the end of Endgame, Ultimately, you think he's successful. Okay. Because there is, and it's so interesting in Endgame, there's that twist when he bursts when they're on his ship and they see, he sees what happens to him. He says, that's destiny. And then he sees what happens. He says, that's destiny fulfilled. Right? Um, so, any other comments about these two movies? Raise your hand for Avengers Endgame. Raise your hand for Infinity War. Avengers Infinity War, it is. All right, so we end with Avengers Infinity War knocking out Avengers Endgame. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Being a Fan of Disney podcast. I'm your host, Cody Haver. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for joining us and listening and to say that I hope you found the information, whether content covered in class or interviews with guests, fun, informational, entertaining, and even inspiring. If you want to follow along with the class, you can do so by following me on Twitter at chaverphd. That's C-H-A-V-A-R-D-P-H-D. Or by joining the public group on Facebook, Being a Fan of Disney. If you want to engage with any of the guests we've had in class, their contact information is included in each of the show notes. So again, thank you for joining us. It was a great time having you. If you like what you hear, please share this out so other people can engage with the information, possibly learn more about their Disney fandom, 
and their love for all things Disney related. With that, thank you again and have a great day. Thank you.